everyone, welcome to episode number 59 of True Cult Pop. It's a music podcast. Hope you're well. My name's Stephen Hill. Stephen Hill, more like. Uh, see what you did there, mate. See what I did there. It's not been hilarious, mate. It's not been hilarious. No. I, um, I'm joined by, ja- by Jazz Gomes, by ga- orgas- Orgasmatron, Gazmataz, oh. Gazmandy wow. Diddlybop. Gaz Jones, here he is. <laughs> bop, bop, bop. How you doing, uh, mate? You alright? Week uh, off, innit? Yeah, week off, yeah, off mate. Week mm. off. Uh, bad back, editing, watching cricket, having some beers. Could be worse. It could, could be, be actually worse. At, could be actually be at work or in bed on death door as a result of um, Let's, let's, let's call him uh, out. Uh, Let's, Let's call him out. Yeah, fuck it, man. Marks has spent some fried chicken, man. Marks has spent some fried chicken. About? Has done me a dirty this week. If if I sound mm. a bit like woozy or a bit weird or my senses don't quite add up, I don't feel or sound quite as articulate as I might usually be on other episode episodes that are excellent. See, that was ridiculous. Even that was shit. It was shit, wasn't it? It was. There could be quite a lot of this <laughs> oh, this mate. week. It's because oh, I have been. Puking and the other one quite a lot this week, and I've I, I was fever, a cold. I was shaking so much. I had this chicken. I woke up the next day, felt a bit grotty. Went to pick my girlfriend up, driving back to my house, and I had to pull over in a layby, and I puked all over a car wash, and I felt quite bad because people were coming out of the car wash as I was vomiting onto the. <laughs> Street, and after that, I was like, "Well, I got to go to bed." Well, we had plans, me and Gaz, to I bet, do. Like I bet, this. I bet all that was all over the fucking over spotted at Overton Facebook group. Uh, it, it, <laughs> yeah, it might well have been, I and mean, it was it's like really, I I felt very exposed at that particular moment, and I had to get Fair. back, and I just got in bed, and I've been in bed like mm. feeling like terrible, absolutely terrible. And I feel a bit better, but it's funny because somebody saw me and they went, uh, why do you look yellow? And I was like... Oh my God, I was like, really? I look like, oh. a, mate, I look like a Simpson. It was rank. It's the, <laughs> oh, it's the illest. I still do feel like I've been punched quite hard in the stomach, but hey, mate. I'm here. I'm trying my best to give you a weekly yeah. show. On this week's Lads, show... Legends. Plenty of stuff to be doing on this week's show as well. We've got... Uh, me picking my top five. We'd already decided this. So I've had to go. I should really have just let you do something, and then you could talk. And I could have gone. Yeah, but uh, yeah. I picked my <laughs> top five one-hit wonders from collaborations between two significant artists who did one song together, and it was a hit. Mm. So it counts as a one-hit wonder. So we're going to be doing that. I've picked five, which I think are excellent. Also, I actually did manage to go to some gigs. I did actually manage to go to some gigs. I also managed to not go to some gigs, which I'll probably talk about that a little bit as well. Yeah. And the long-awaited return of both two two topics of conversation, which we love to just get elbow deep in. Healy Watch makes Yay. a welcome return. And also, I don't want to talk about the Grammys that much, but... I can't resist talking about the nominations for the metal category at the Grammy. So <laughs> probably going to be talking about that as well. As well, If you're listening to this and going, uh, don't you owe me something from your Patreon page? You're right, I do. We do. We do owe you that. Patreon.com forward slash True Cop Pop. We were going to be recording, as I said, we're going to be recording our Bruce Springsteen Born to Run special. Watched loads of documentaries, made loads of notes, had everything ready. Been listening to the album on loop 
so good really really <sighs> up for that and then yeah. i just I, I couldn't do it so apologies we're going to try and get that done as quickly as humanly possible essentially probably not today because i'm just going to try and get through this one and then like been off probably yeah. like maybe sort of uh, late in the weekend early in the week we'll put that and we'll put out yeah. the garth Marenghi dark place yeah. your cult pop as well for we'll sure do both of them kind of back to back when i'm feeling better so yeah apologies for that but if you do want to go over to patreon.com forward slash true cult pop and sign up to pay for my emodium is that what they use <laughs> i don't even know if that's a i don't really know what that is emodium it's a, Nirv- it's a nirvana song on it <laughs> might be i don't know i i, I well, genuinely can't remember if that is a nirvana song or not. is that a nirvana song you're thinking of lithium yeah no 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 no, no. i think one of the tracks on nevermind was initially called emodium i can't is remember it? which one though mm, yeah well, one of them was i'm glad you're here to be spitting facts when oh, we it's just it's a never-ending fucking vat of knowledge mate <laughs> yeah good right well, sponsored by google <laughs> yeah, <laughs> before we go any further let's talk about as we like to do the songs that have been in our head this week uh gav's gonna let you kick this one off because i believe it okay. comes with it comes alongside a, a what a funny story as well a what a funny story sorry just a quick caveat to that uh breed was initially called emodium okay right so there you go there you go one of the one of the best isn't it one of the um, best one of the best. Well, yeah, my my of the week um, is um, from um, Kings Lynn's much missed Legends of the UK DIY punk scene, uh, Vanilla Pod. Um, this track called "Surrounded by Idiots" because um, it was either last weekend or the weekend before. I'm pretty sure it was last weekend. It was five years um, to to the day that it was they performed their last ever gig. Mm-hmm. They did like a big like all dayer uh, in Kings Lynn. Um, in a church, which was mental, just a little bit, mm. <laughs> just a little it? bit. Okay, it's, oh, it certainly was. It was <laughs> I could tell you a lot of funny stories from that day, but that'd be for another time, mate. Okay. Um, loads of incredible bands played. Um, the Bod headlines. It was um, it was quite emotional actually. Um, you know, because they're not only you know just kind of one of my favourite UK bands. They're you know, very old friends. Um, but also that that same night, um, my girlfriends uh, asked me out at that very same gig she in a graveyard. She asked me out, mate. Goth in it. Oh, in no. a graveyard. In a graveyard. Yeah, she, she, she picked her moment. Bloody hell! That's sweet. Uh, yeah, so it was. Yeah, also our you know five year five year anniversary. Um, Last weekend, so you should have you know, started like, with that. Really, I'm not being funny. Don't want to sort of like get you in sort of domestic trouble, but I think it's <laughs> a little bit more important that you had a five anniversary. Yeah, but if it hadn't been, yeah, but if it hadn't been for Vanilla Pods, mm-hmm. we wouldn't have, we wouldn't, well, more like, yeah, we wouldn't have met. That kind of justifies their entire existence, I think, doesn't it? I think so. Yeah, along with bangers like this. Well, <laughs> not quite as much, I would say. But anyway, well, go, go on. Um, <laughs> Yeah, oh, that's interesting. That is interesting. You know, there are some people who get funny about. Did you when? Well, it's not a marriage proposal, but when when women propose to men, yeah, who that who that happened to? Danny, is it Danny Dyer? Danny Dyer's wife proposed to him. Oh, really? And people went, eh, "That's horrible. Go, we're pathetic. You're not a real man," and all this. And it's like, come on, 
She just asked before him. It's not the end of the exactly. Fight. I don't. I've. I have no kind of issue with that. It'd be nice to be asked, but wouldn't it? It was, uh, and well, you know, being a successful ladies. kind of <laughs> not successful ladies' man, far, far fucking from it, my friends. But a successful divorcee, I, you know, I'm more than happy to be proposed to from now on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm in that club. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, I'm like. When are you going to propose? I'm like, well, I'm not. Oof. I'm not. This is a, this is a harsh way to break. Even I felt like a little bit heartbroken when you said it so bluntly. Oh, really? Yeah, I think you'll improve your best it's, it's, manner it's, a little bit. Well, I did, but I didn't mean that in a nasty kind of okay. addictive way. It's I, not what you know. said, it's the way that you said it. Oh, the way you said it, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, have I, have I hurt your feelings there, Stephen? Sorry. No, it doesn't. It's fine, <laughs> no. it's fine. Uh, anyway, come on. Let's talk about this song then. I mean, this. So this yeah. is from 2018. This is one of their last songs, right? Uh, no, that oh. it's been tagged wrong on everything. Okay. The album come out in God 2002. Oh, that makes much less sense. Because I thought it came out in 2018. And I listened to it and I went, "Well, I can see why you're splitting up, because you obviously don't like this industry at all, do you?" So. Yeah, well, it sounds like the end, like a sort of final middle finger as a band to be like, fuck uh, you, okay. music industry, fuck you, you we're out, we're embittered, we never made it, fuck yeah, you, the, we're the out. The fact that the lyrics, the lyrics name check Avril Lavigne and Busted, they that do. kind of puts it to a certain, you know, if that came out in 2018, you'd be like, that's a bit weird. I did Why think that, I did them? think, now you said that, right. I did sort of think to myself, <laughs> I was like, oh, bloody hell, that's great, date you lyrics a bit like, like yeah the other, but, but then i thought well you've been about since 1995 and you're playing this sort of punk rock up until this year so yeah. maybe you did kind of pinpoint that as the moment where it all went to shit which is not a bad not the worst moment to pinpoint i suppose but yeah but fair. i was because i thought i was like oh they're just they're going out in a blaze of glory <laughs> but 2003 <laughs> so they still carried on get out lads you still gave it another 15 years yeah they did <laughs> legends <laughs> It's wow, a good song. It's got a lot of. Lad. It's got that kind of from here to infirmary sort of um, alkaline yeah. trio, uh, good morning the, era thing. Yeah, true. A lot I, of face to face on there. Yeah, yeah. Mill and Colin, which I'm a fan yeah. of that of that style. I never heard these guys before. You know, I never listened to them back in the day. That's mad. I'm surprised. You know, I, I was kind of did expecting I? you to say, "Well, I, you know, I played with them an all day probably in did. Stoke in probably actually one or something." You, know, you probably did. I probably did. No, they I fucking played. They fucking played everywhere. I'm pr- with everyone. I, that I actually might have just completely forgotten the fact that because now, as soon as I said that, oh, I'd never listened. To, I, I don't remember actually kind of getting any uh, albums or anything like that. But yeah, but I did now. I am like, hold on, hold on. Like, there's a couple of gigs that suddenly like have sprung up in my mm. head from old po- seeing yeah. our name on posters with various yeah, bands. Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure we must we must have played with Nillapod. We must I'm have sure done. I'm sure you would have done. Yeah. yeah, I like I like I like bands getting pissed off and cussing things out. Oh yeah, I just thought it was their it. final like fucking piss on that <laughs> and then go. You clean it up. <laughs> But um, no, fair enough. Because <laughs> I, I was actually yeah. like, for 2018, they still got a lot of, but I'm, I could, shouldn't be talking about them being, this, this wasn't 2018. Why has it done that on Spotify? It's completely, it's thrown me. I know, it's it's wrong. It's done it on Apple Music as well. Scum. So yeah, whoever put it in, I'm, I'm assuming it would have been one of the one guys of the in the band. Oh, yeah, well, not, it would have been, st- 
No, you don't score. But it, it would. I'm ninety nine point nine percent sure it would have been Steve Pitcher, the guitarist, because he was like the boss man of the band. Right. He would have done it. But, but yeah, Steve, you fucking tagged it wrong, mate. I'm sorry. You tagged it wrong, I love mate. you, but I like you tagged your, it wrong. I like your Forget music. It. I like your attitude, but you are not very good <laughs> at admin. No. And speaking as a man, he's also not very good at admin. <laughs> yeah. Sort it out. But yeah, man, yeah. this is cool. Uh, and it yeah. sounds like, I mean, yeah, if you like that sort of stuff, you're going to like your... Late, late 90s, fat wreck, yeah. kind of pop punk, but done with like grit under the fingernails. Mm. When, they were, when they were on it live, mate, they were fucking unstoppable. Right. They were fucking unstoppable. Cool. And I'm, I miss them, man. And I'm not, and I'm not the only person. Like yeah, they were an absolute. They were one of the those bands whose name was just about everywhere mm. around that period. I think yeah, yeah. I, like, yeah. I think they'll br- they'll briefly start to Deck Cheese. If you remember Deck Cheese Records, I do. I do. Yeah, they were on Deck Cheese for a little bit. I think this this album might have come out on Deck Cheese actually. But yeah, relevant. Who else on Deck time, Cheese? One yeah. Lightyear on Deck Cheese. Uh, they were. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Mr. Pringle probably were, weren't they? Oh God, yeah. Cap down, Cap nah. down. No, I think Cap down were on household name. They were on it, yeah. Household name, yeah. That's okay, label. that was label. great. Household name was a great label. Yeah. Some Do you know who else was on household name? Spy versus spy. Yeah, Milloy. Mil. Oh, okay, Milloy. Yeah, your favourite. Yeah. You just they My say Milloy were better than every death metal band ever. You said on Twitter the other day. You're coming yeah. out with some. Absolute. I'm just. I'm on a fucking. I'm just on a wind up <laughs> mission are. at the minute. I really want people just to. I've I've had a taste of beef. He loves and now I just he? want. And now I just want a salting, pint of bovril. Salting the beef. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Stirring the salty beef. Nah. Stirring the salty. Nah. Let's move on. Well, Let's move on to something far more credible. I pick. <laughs> I pick this song yeah. before I got ill. So now I don't feel like I want to listen to it at all, but I've already no. sent it over to you and I've been yeah, wanting to do it for ages because it was in my, it has been in my head just for a lot the last few months, to be honest. I have gone from, from, that's not a word, I've gone from, I have gone for the lead single from German Eurodance Fools, Cascada, <laughs> the title track of their 2009 <laughs> album, Evacuate the Dance Floor, Released on the 29th of June, 2009. <coughs> right, now, I don't know what happened that this song just like went ping into my brain one day. But it must have been about six months ago. Yeah. I suddenly had Evacuate the Dance Hall by Cascada in my head. Now, it's not a song that I remember, you know, 2009, I would have been fully into metal. And I no. don't think you, there's many... You won't go regional clubbing in 2009. Not so much, mate. No, no not so much. No. But obviously, yeah. you know, um, <laughs> this was a number one hit single. Um, yeah. In fact, do you know what this kept off the top of the charts on a particularly special, like, notable week? Rob, hit me. This was number one ahead yeah. of Man mm. in the Mirror by Michael Jackson the <sighs> week that Michael Jackson died. I mean, that's outrageous, isn't it? If, if, like, you would think that that would, you know, I suppose, don't be a pedo is probably like a good lesson here. <laughs> Otherwise, when you die, you don't get the kudos yeah, that your music deserves. And said some <laughs> silly song tops the charts ahead of you. Yeah, yeah. You know, you've only got yourself to blame there, really. But yeah. that is mad, isn't it? That this 
kept man in the mirror off the top of the charts. You remember when all that shit happened? <laughs> yeah. Like when Michael Jackson died, it was yeah. it wasn't just like music news, big music yeah. news. It yeah. was like World news. the front page of every front fucking news, newspaper yeah. for for fucking weeks. Yeah. <laughs> and yet this song kept his wow. biggest song. So so all I'm saying is that's how <sighs> good that's how good it is. Now yeah, this also is. is has got on the Wikipedia page actually has a section that says comparisons to Lady Gaga. Now I'm going to say that this is such a banger that for a while in my head I actually thought this was a Lady Gaga song. It's, I was exactly the same. It's that good. And the only thing that makes you think, oh, it's not a Lady Gaga song, is the terrible fucking pitbull rap that <laughs> comes in at the end we go, we go oh god a bloody bloody hell i'm gonna in the club club no, oh, get in the club and stick me in the club i'm gonna have a drink with the girls in the club and it is a bad yeah. it's a, it's yeah, a bad it's awful rap. it's quite a bad rap it, it very it it it, it time stamps it to it 2009 does. It does that absolutely definitely a white man in a white suit with <laughs> an orange face <laughs> and wrap around sunglasses <laughs> and a neck and a neck tattoo yeah gold teeth you definitely I, I can't find who did the rap i'm looking on the wikipedia page and this person, whoever it is, no one's owning up. No one no is owning up. up. Who was it? Was it you? No. Was it me? <laughs> I don't know who it was. Like I genuinely don't know who did the rap. We can't find it. Oh no, here he is, Carl yeah. Pritt. And he does. Carl, he does. He Carl does, Prick. Carl Pritt, a German Zimbabwean mm. rapper. Yes, there he is. Rudy Schwamborn is his name. And surprise, surprise, oh. he's got loads of jewellery on. He's got a shaved head. He's got wraparound or big aviator sunglasses. And he's wearing a, a leather jacket, which he's rolled the sleeves up on uh, in the picture. And he's sort of oh. looking down the thing. He's he, he looks like he sounds, basically. Yeah. Shocker. Fair play to him. Because he, even he can't ruin this song, which is a fucking banger. Right. This is an absolute fucking banger. And it's been in my head, weirdly, for ages. And then I actually just... And it, but the thing is, right, is I it was in my head, but I didn't listen to it. And then I was like, do you know what? I might just listen to it. Because I kept yeah. finding myself going... If I give it the death floor. And then I was like, I might listen to it. And I was like, and I never remember liking it, but now I like it. It's a banger. Is it a banger, Gaz? Oh, it- Oh, it's, it's it's without fail, fucking home run banger, mate. Mm. Sexy, slinky R and B, fucking arms aloft, wedding wedding floor filler, isn't it? It is. All the bridesmaids fucking losing their shit. Yeah. WKD going everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> it's so um, it's so Kiss FM. In it. It just reminds me of a, a, a god awful job I was I had at the time working for um, Hotel Chocolate or Chocolat. Chocolat. So, yeah. Chocolat. Um, yeah, I worked at one of their warehouses, and uh, yeah, just we had this shitty like boombox, and the only radio station it could pick up was Kiss FM, so that's all we listened to for the six months I was there. And I must have heard this about thirty times a day, I swear. And you know, it got to the point. Is, like, is that enough times? I'm not sure. What a day? Yeah. No, looking back, no, nowhere near. Forty, fifty times been, you want a day? Oh, right, it should have yeah. been. Yeah, it should have been at least double that, really. To be fair. Being <laughs> <laughs> sub. It's an undeniable fucking banger. And that, yeah, that amazing fact that, yeah, it, the week that MJ died, it held off. Man in the mirrors. Everyone, yeah. like, rebuying 
Man in the Mirror or streaming Man in the Mirror, you know. Unbelievable. It was things. doing more business than a dead pedophile. Which is I mean, a, wow. quite the... Uh, Quite the market, so I understand. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> this actually sold 587,000 copies in the UK. It went platinum in the UK. That's nearly double platinum in the UK, by the way. It also went platinum, suppose... in, platinum in the US. It sold a million copies in the US. This wow. is when the US went. This is, this yeah, is this when the went US leading, went. Yeah. This was the time. This when was the they, time. They, they, yeah, they finally yeah, took some decent drugs and were like, oh, yeah, I get this now. You got a feel for the US when it comes to dance music a little bit because yeah, they got yeah, into yeah. it at this point. Yeah. When it was still oh. kind of fun and good and stuff, but I guess kind of yeah. creatively not as exciting as it was in 1990 when, oh, God, no. when we all got into it. Yeah. So, yeah. Sorry about that, US. You're. Yeah behind the curve a little bit there I'm they afraid. were they were too busy listening to stained they were weren't they and, uh, and creed and some of them well, still it's a, well it seems a lot of them still are mm. it seems like every video i seem to see on social media at the minute on like instagram videos and stuff is a video to do with creed oh my god where like like there's you know like a, a creed song's kind of playing over like a skit that someone's done you Who know the fuck are you following I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I fucking hate Creed. I've no idea why it all of a sudden just started appearing on my, you know, Instagram video feed. That, hello, my friend, let's do the work again. Where the wild begin? Oh. Why are they now a thing again? Well, they've why reformed, are they, why, they? Why, why, Yeah, I know, but why are they getting welcome like the fucking prodigal son? See, this Why? has passed me by a little bit. I have to say, it's passed me by. I did. I, I interviewed March Monty a little while ago and asked him about Creed, yeah. but not about any yeah. of the new Creed stuff. I was like, I didn't say it's a good bit in Creed again because I was like, <coughs> I don't really want to talk about that. But um, hell of a money spinner though for him. I mean, oh you know, my god! They're, I can only imagine the size of the arenas they're going to be playing in America. I mean, no one gives a fuck about them in this country. No, but in America, fuck me. Did they do the Super Bowl in America? Did they do the Super Bowl? Oh. They would have been big enough around the time of, was it higher and all that? Yeah. Anyway, I don't know why we went from Cascada to Creed. I guess we're talking about things that have basically pretty much zero artistic value whatsoever. (laughs) One's a banger and the other one sounds like um, someone on the toilet. Yeah. Yarling on the toilet. Good times. Anyway, go and listen yeah. to Evacuated Dance Floor by Cascade. It's, yeah. it's not even their biggest song. Mental. Um, right, I was going to go and see the streets this week, but I couldn't go. I bought tickets. I've never <sighs> seen the streets. I felt so ill. I couldn't go. I'm gutted. I also should actually be watching Lorna Shaw tonight in, in Berlin, but I couldn't yeah. go to that either because I just don't oh, feel very mate. well. I'm in my pants, mm. mate. You can't see this, but I'm in my pants. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm not getting out for properly. Well, for well at, least you got, at least you've got pants on. Apparently, I got my, well, I've got slippers and like, they've got like, they're long oh. shorts more than pants, really. Oh. Okay. Um, right. Anyway, didn't need to know that. But I did get to go to two gigs. Do you want to know about Creeper or do you want to know about Cavaleras? Doing the... Morbid... Uh, Cavaleras. Cavaleras. Conspiracy. Because... because we, yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Is, it, is it the Cavaleras or is it Cavalera well, it Conspiracy still? Well, it was billed or? as Max and Igor Cavalera, not okay. Cavalera Conspiracy. But it was 
build is kind of Max Nevor Cavalera, the I believe it's called the the Beast the Mor- the Morbid Devastation Tour. Oh, it's they're just doing all the early so it's all stuff, right? the early yeah, cool. early stuff. So it's all kind of nice Morbid Visions and Beastial mm. Devastation. So those first two Sepultura things, right? Now I have seen pretty much every single Cavalera nostalgia tour right whether you know whether it's igor and max as igor and max cavalera or cavalera conspiracy whatever they build themselves as i've seen them you know they, they did roots in full a few years ago and obviously i absolutely love roots i think it's the best sepulture album it's my well, my favorite sepulture album i love it and i saw them doing the um arise the remains or, or beneath the arise or whatever it's fucking called arise the remains arise yeah. the remains yeah, yeah. um a rise rise to remain tour that's like they just covered rise to remain songs that'd be good wouldn't it no <laughs> um and i saw that and that was very good as well but a lot of that is because for my money and i do genuinely i think this has really hammered this point home for me having seen the show the other day i feel that the run of arise uh so beneath the remains arise ksod roots is i think that's the strongest i genuinely now i'm set on it i think that's the strongest four album run in the history of metal that's what i think there you go take that on your fucking hot take plane and charter it to somewhere hot i don't know what that means but that's what i think i think those those four are fucking outrageous Mm. the best just the best just the best right and kind of morbid visions schizophrenia stuff it's all right i've always thought those first two albums are all right you know they're not as well produced obviously for for obvious reasons you know they weren't on roadrunner at that point um or if they were they might have been on there just for second one maybe but you know they're and and they were they were young like they were 15 you know like and particularly the first two they're doing here andreas kisser and i think paolo jr um for the certainly for the for the for the morbid visions it wasn't even part of it it was you know it was max and igor so you know that's cool that they're playing these songs um but they're not my favorite sepultura songs right they're not my favorite like bestest sepultura songs having said that there's a hell of a lot of them that i've never heard them play before now if you just said to me three years ago three four years ago oh do you want to go and see Max and Igor play these songs? I probably would have said to you, well, actually, not really. Because as much as I love those guys, I love the material. And Max is, you know, Igor's always been brilliant. He's always sort of kept his end of the bargain up, I think. But Max yeah. put, you know, put weight on a, not in the, in the you know, I'm not trying to, I'm not shaming him or anything. But I think, you know, he let himself go a little bit. And I think his voice starting to, he felt like his voice was starting to go. He couldn't quite do the songs in the same way as it used to be able to do them and i just sort of felt to myself like you know they're getting by here a little bit or max is getting by here a little bit sort of purely on the strength of the songs alone on saturday he came out he looked i would say he looked if it weren't for the fact that he has a big a gray beard now yeah he looks the size that he was in probably 1998 he's lost loads of weight and his guitar playing has improved his energy on stage has improved. His voice has gone back to being as good, I think, as good as it was fucking 25 years ago, 
right? He sounded great. And he was running around. He was sort of getting down the front of the crowd, kneeling down, standing. Like, you know, there were times before where he would just kind of almost sort of waddle on and he'd have a two-string guitar and he'd just sort of play that riff from those albums and let the rest of the band do it. And he'd just sort of stand there and he'd run out of breath and he'd do that kind of, you know, I am what I create (laughs) in my head. And and he he, he did it all. And I'll tell you what, it was really really shocking and surprising to see i say shocking like a lovely shock and a lovely surprise and the set list bestial devastation antichrist necromancer sexta feria 13 warriors of death morbid visions mayhem crucifixion show me the wrath funeral rites empire of the damned inquisition symphony uh escape to the void escape to the void incredible and then this run at the end right escape to the void dead embryonic cells refuse resist territory troops of doom morbid visions like that that is is so metal that from kind of dead embryonic cells through i mean absolutely brilliant i thought you know and the songs i'd never seen them play before like funeral rites amazing i thought mayhem was brilliant as well like and it made me go shit i should listen to those records a bit more i should probably listen to those Mm. records a bit more because i think the songs themselves are really really good they're you know they're they're much rawer and less refined than sepultura would become but yeah Yeah. man they sounded fucking great they sounded really really fucking great and shout out to the guy i have to say also and this is something else which is pretty rank after talking about puking and stuff the the worst toilet i've ever seen anywhere in my life i went for a (laughs) wee in shepherd's bush empire and somebody had done like it was like worse than the toilet in train spotting and the guy that was stood next to me when i was like oh my god that's disgusting and i was having a wee and he went, oh yeah, it's awful, isn't it? And then he turned around and he went, Stephen, how are you? And I was like, what an unbelievable <laughs> time to get recognised. Yeah. And then he went, uh, just did a podcast with bees. And I went, ah, oh, you forgot. Oh. Sad that someone's forgotten you've existed for five years, maybe a bit more. Mm. That is mm. a shame. But he was nice. He offered to buy me a drink. Yeah. And I said, I'm you know, yeah. on the water. Because the night before I went to see Creeper, I got drunk yes had a lovely time creeper the night before that yeah. in the same venue both gigs were great okay. but creeper yeah. were fucking fantastic okay fantastic like i love the new album i know you're not as much of a fan i love mm. the new album i thought you know they did obviously green day cancelled their electric ballroom show <laughs> kind of minutes uh, before the doors would open amazing yeah. amazing I, I've, you've never seen so many journalists frantically on the phone sorting out another guest well that's what they, they had for the some, show across the they town. had somebody come on stage at the start and do an intro and they said we shout out the rest of the london elite journalism the music journalism elite for sorting out their last minute guest minute guest list requests when they found out green day had cancelled their show down the road <laughs> and um but uh i would i would much rather see creeper than see green day to be honest oh god yeah yeah uh, and and they were great and i thought you know they really managed to like further than forever being the opening song which is the kind of you know 10 minute epic sounded brilliant um and then you know it was just a really great mix of stuff i'd sort of thought to myself their three albums are all so different from each other that i wondered how they were gonna you know i kind of wondered how they were gonna 
sort of meld those things together but actually mm. it's almost like they they've got to a point now where they almost did like what madonna did where they took it they took the kind of eras they kind of represented each era with a different look and a different thing you know and again set list wise further than forever room 309 teenage sacrifice black rain sacred blasphemy mm. and vcr uh battle of spook and mercy wow. black heaven crickets which is great cyanide i mean cyanide into annabelle the, those two from that last album the brit pop ones yeah fucking banging ghost brigade annabelle was a good song yeah choose to live lovers led astray down below chapel gates hiding with boys misery cry to heaven like they didn't even play suzanne we walked out going they didn't even play suzanne and they did a 20 song set wow I mean that's what they that's where they've got to now where they've they've yeah. you know, they've got that many songs you know when you look at the the sort of the breadth of set list like eight from the new album seven from Eternity in their arms only two from Sex Death and the Infinite Void two others you know those being kind of um, EP tracks EP tracks yeah. uh, so you know it's, it's pretty pretty impressive overall I would say pretty impressive and they were great mm. you know Will is remains just like one of the best sort of flamboyant front men um hannah when she comes on and did cricket like her voice is she's got a genuinely brilliant voice and yeah they're just a they're just a great band i think just a really really good band hmm. i'm sure when i do get around to seeing them live that's when it'll probably click with me have you never seen them live it, ever no never, oh, never really? seen oh, fucking hell. no never seen them I think it was the fact that, you know, because on paper, I should fucking adore this band, but it's never, never clicked with me now. We're three albums in, and like it's got to the point where I'm just like, why am I fucking bothering? Why am I, it's, it's, you know, there, there, is just, there was something in my head just going, I need to go and see them live, really. I think once I do, the penny will probably fucking drop, and I'll just grab you by the scruff of your neck and go, I fucking get this now. Yeah. Ah! You know. Mm. Um, they're so, very good yeah. mate they're very very good um, lovely stuff anyway there you go Creeper and Cavalera it's a good weekend for gigs it's a real shame to be fair that I couldn't see the streets because I just wasted that money oh, and I've never seen them before gutted Healy Watch you want to do Healy yeah. Watch yeah it's quick Healy Watch quick, quick Healy, Healy Watch. Watch let's make it quick yeah uh, 1975 played Madison Square Garden in New York. Two nights they played it. Two nights. Yeah. And yeah. they're a they're a big band. They're Who a big band. It, hey? <laughs> and they've had the Grammy nominations that have come out. Matt Healy stood on stage. The fact that we didn't get nominated for a Grammy is a fucking outrage. And the reason people don't say that is because it's not a very tasteful thing to say. Mm. But I'm way past tasteful. Yeah, yeah, he is. Are you fucking mental? <laughs> Are they fucking mental? A brief inquiry. I like it when you sleep. Nothing. Fuck off. Dickheads. What the fuck are they on about? I mean, about you just on its own merits deserves a fucking Grammy. I mean, I don't really care that much, but it just winds me up. I think you care. <laughs> I think he cares. I think you care quite a bit, by the sounds of things. Yeah. And then he went on to talk about Kanye West on stage as well, which is not really relevant to what he's talking about, but... He seems to have no. made it a little bit relevant as well. He said, you know what? You've got to fucking believe in yourself. Kanye West is an awkward hero to have right now. I understand that. But separate the anti-Semitism. Just think about the self-belief. Literally, tell me one band in the past four years that 
could do what we're going to do in the next three minutes. Uh, oh, <sighs> I can't defend that. No, I really can't. try as well. I really try just, just to, just to, just to, to prove a bit, just to give a bit of balance in what I see about Matt Healy. I always try mm. and go, well, come on, hold on a second, yeah. hold on. But that's like, oh, don't moan about. I tell you what, the weekend went right. That's it. I'm not eligible for our Grammys anymore. And yeah. and I like him. And Matty Healy's gone off on one about it. So I don't know. Maybe I just like people who don't get nominated for Grammys, but do get really pissy about that. I like. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't bother me. It don't bother me. <laughs> no, it doesn't bother me at all. I think no, just I like say it, it does I like... bother you. I think it's all right to say it bothers you. Because it clearly does. Yeah, well, of course it fucking does. I think he's kind of... Sometimes I, I see, you know, little Matty Healy as someone who kind of... He he, he wants that kind of... Um, rec- he wants to be recognised by the people at the top table for mm. his talents. Mm-hmm. You know... You know the fact he's in one one of the biggest bands in the world. It's full stop. They're one of the biggest bands in the world, right? That's not enough for him. He wants to get acknowledgement and recognition from that top table. They've won loads of Brits. I yeah, I was, I was, yeah, but Br- Brits is like a fucking smash his pole on his party, isn't it? It's just like best haircut and yeah. most fancy front man. It's like. Oh, does it really give a fine fuck about the Brits anymore? No. Why do they still do the Brits? I, you know, I, you know, the Grammys, I guess, kind of still hold a bit more of a. They hold a lot more kind of cachet. I mean, the Grammys nominations have just been so dreadful for so. long. But they're fucking laughable anyway. Ever since, I mean, every 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 time it comes around to Grammy season. You know, you could you could play that game. How long is it going to be until someone tells a Jethro Tull story again? Yeah, I know. I mean, you know, I'm sure it's before, and it's just like before yeah, that. It, it's fucking, it's it's laughable. But you know, well, it's not all laughable. It's the metal section. The metal Grammy has always been fucking ridiculous. It's just Let, let's ridiculously just, laughable. Let's just read them out for the fun of it. Oh yeah, let's do it. Seventy-two seasons by Metallica. I mean, an obvious oh, one, but brilliant, brilliant, isn't it? <laughs> Bad Man by Disturbed. Don't know what that is. Ba- bad. Sounds bad. I don't even man. know what that is. I don't even know what that is. Jaded by Spirit Box, the one band that everyone was going. I saw one guy who went. Well, no one listens to these other four bands. Everyone just listens to Spirit Box. The other bands on. And I looked, and Spirit Box literally the, are the, the smallest band in this category by I think I think Long Ghost way, are, the, right? are the second smallest one Spirit Box have 2.2 million monthly listeners on Spotify Ghost have just over 10 million <laughs> and so so yeah. Ghost are literally five times bigger than Spirit Box and they're the second smallest band and that so it's amazing what kind of you know what's it called the um, the out me out here my fucking brain's not working the the hive not the fucking hive mind that's all my brain will tell me it's called now the hive mind <laughs> you know when you the bubble the bubble your little eco bubble eco what's it called e- you know what I'm talking surely everyone's people are shouting this now aren't they they're going you mean gas please what, they're seen no you know when echo chamber 
Oh, what, Jason Lister's band? <laughs> no, no, no. People in their echo chamber were like, that right. guy genuinely thinks because of his echo chamber, he thinks that right. Spirit Box are bigger than Slipknot. Because he follows 50 people and they all listen to Spirit Box and none of them yeah. listen to Slipknot. So in, so in his little kind of world, they... They're a bigger band. The, oh, not, the, not the biggest band in not, the world. Nobody listened to this band yeah. who, who have 18 million monthly listeners on Spotify, but everyone yeah. listens to this band who have 2 million listeners. No, mate, no. So yeah, Metallica, Bad Man by Slipknot, Jaded by Spirit Box, Hive Mind by Slipknot. I mean, again, you guess you would expect it because it's Slipknot, but no one, re- like, you know, no one was uh, particularly blown away, I think it's fair to say, by that Slipknot album. Uh, uh. And Ghost covering I Made in Phantom of the Opera, which again I think Ghost Ghost have got to the point where they're big enough to just get nominated now, aren't they? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, was it was it two two covers EPs they released? Yeah. I'm just like, oh, really? Their I've, covers are quite I've, good, I've, though. To be fair, yeah, but I don't know. I think they are good. I, I actually it, it maybe it, it maybe wants to go and listen to Genesis again. Oh yeah, I'll give it that. I mean, after here, you know, here Jesus, he knows he was G- like, yeah, but I, I just want to hear the original. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, the original is comfortably, comfortably better, comfortably better. I mean that, and again, yeah. you know that that version of Stay that they did, it's not even vaguely close to the thing no. as good as the original. But you know, no. I think covering those sort of songs, you know, we don't even have a hero. That's quite a good. That was a good. That was a good cover. Yeah. Um, I want them to release their U2 cover. I want to know what it is they're doing and I want to know when they're going to release it. What's that going to be? Because apparently they've done one. It's quite a lot of U2 okay. songs I think could be ghostified. Oh, it, 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 I don't know. Probably something like I Will Follow, I reckon. Everybody be does like, I Will oh, Follow. Yeah, I know. But, you know, as much as I'd love them to do, I don't know, maybe a slightly deeper cut, like, I don't know, like Two Hearts Beaters 1 or... Um, the Fly. S- Silver and gold, you know, or something like that. You know, that, I'm just, I'm not the fly, yeah, the fly would work. Uh, yeah, the fly would work. No one's ever covered that before. No, that's ripe for a covering. I say no one, someone has, but it, well, you two can't even cover it anymore. Can <laughs> <they>? <laughs> no, they can't. They can't. <laughs> it's awful. Anyway, I'm not going to go through the rest of the Grammys because there's nothing really particularly stood no. out for me. And I'd rather just get this show no. yeah, finished. No. To be honest, right? I could say. It's time for the old one-hit wonder, fivesome, Ooh, five piece, a five-piece meal. Uh, oh, <laughs> fatty. Makes me feel a bit sick thinking about that. Um, <laughs> we all love a bloody collab, eh, don't we? We all love it. Who wouldn't oh, want that? Yeah. Sometimes they could be a miss, but the idea of two artists coming together, like Alien versus Predator or Freddy versus Jason, you just think, oh, I could never imagine that that ever could have happened. And sometimes yeah. they just ping out one song. And I've, I've done this by, this isn't like, so something like Passenger by Deftones featuring Maynard James Keenan. That isn't strictly a collaboration. That is a Deftones no. song featuring Maynard James Keenan. I also don't yeah. think it was released as a single. Hence, it can't no. be a one-hit wonder. So there's your rules. No. I've, I've made some rules, Gaz. Yeah, I'm a I'm a stickler for him, mate. Good. You need, you. you need you need to have kind of structure. Yeah, structure from the get go. You have to. Yeah, I think. You do. Otherwise, it would just be fucking anarchy. Yes. So although those are Rome shit. Some of these do appear on people's albums, and although they are often more known for maybe 
slightly more well known from one artist side than the other ultimately these are singles collabs and they never happened between the two artists again and these are my five mm. favorite ones what i'm gonna pick i'm gonna start off with what i think is maybe the most obvious one when it comes to stuff like this May, well maybe it's just my age talking but dead ringer for love share a meatloaf <laughs> released on the 13th of november 1981 the follow-up single to bat out of hell yeah you got a you got a follow-up bat out of hell as a single great yeah but it was like four years after bat out of hell came out it was you know. but still when you're going on kind of chronology uh, just think, people are waiting after you're like, oh, what's his last single? But how he's got a new single coming out. Yeah. Oh, it's Dead Ringer for Love. This better be good. Oh, he's got Cher on it as well. I mean, crikey, yeah. this is two absolutely powerhouses of the era <laughs> coming together for something genuinely, genuinely fucking amazing. Now, written by Jim Steinman. Apparently, it was originally written for a short-lived comedy television series called delta house i don't know what delta house is do you know I'm what a, delta? I'm, ass- I'm assuming it's something to do with national lampoons because of animal house animal house delta house it is i've just i'm just looking it yeah. up now yeah. yeah i mean yeah rings of vague bell i think i've I mean, i've never seen it because i can only imagine it'd be fucking dog shit god awful but i just about yeah, vague kind of recollections of reading something about it that it was kind of national lampoons related it doesn't have any of the people that you would want from the National Lampoons. It's written by John Hughes. Yeah. So there you go. Oh, uh, maybe that's why I've my I I ended up reading something about it because yeah yeah John Hughes is God as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I mean yeah, I love John Hughes, but um yeah, so basically that song was kind of reworked and portions of it were taken, and then mm. Jim Steinman turned it into a single for Meatloaf, which then featured share as well the two of them never performed the song live together yeah, which is such a shame that's ridiculous yeah such a, it is shame. a shame it is a shame the only time they're ever together is in the music video now i've watched the music yeah. videos of all five of these songs by the way so we'll be chucking in a little <laughs> bit of music vid chat in as well nice. but um nice that music video is pure like grease in it it's like grease but in a in a in a biker bar yeah, it, it reminds me of a film that came out a few years after, like eighty one. I think it came out about eighty five. A film called Streets on Fire. Rolling down the road. That's um, not birds of a feather, is it? <laughs> oh God! <laughs> a Streets on Fire is. I mean, a, a, absolutely fabulous, isn't it? Absolutely That's fabulous. The last oh. at the end of Absolutely Fabulous. Oh, she's on fire. Yeah. Rolling down. down the road. That was Wheels on Fire, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Wheels on Fire. But, yeah. you know, close, close. Enough, close enough, isn't it? Close enough. Close if enough. you squint, it sort of it works. It sort of works, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's like a Walter Hill directed film, The Guy Directed Warriors and 48 uh, yeah, Hours yeah, and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. It's kind, of, it's kind of like a sort of faux kind of music. I think Steinman was involved. He must have been because the songs, or every song in it sounded like Dead Ring for Love. <laughs> Uh, but the video just reminds me of, of that. That kind of, sort of greaser, biker bar, faux kind of neon futuristic thing. Mm. And, you know, but very much, oh, it blatantly was made in the 80s. Yeah, you know? it's great. Um, I mean, oh, it's, 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 box A, box B, or box C, Steve. Oh, mate, I wouldn't, I wouldn't pick it. 
if it wasn't box C. I wouldn't pick really wouldn't be here if it wasn't a song that I want to listen to all the time. See, I fucking love Meatloaf. Uh-huh. I love Meatloaf. Do you love this? Do you is box love, A. Do you love him as much this as box you? A for me? Box A. Yeah. Box A. Yeah. Never hear again. For love. No. What what possible justification can you have for this? Because I've heard it so much, so much. There are so many awesome Meatloaf songs that just never get kind of played. You know, like Modern Girl or something like that, or I don't think Rock and Roll Mercenaries, yeah, stuff like that. <laughs> I I don't know. It's just I I I heard, I heard this song too much, and like when um like when i do anything for love like was number one for months on end and meatloaf was like the biggest thing on earth again like bad hell got like re-released like everything got re-released again to kind of cash in on it you know mm-hmm. like, the dead ring of love became a big hit again mm-hmm. i don't know it just it just seems to be fucking everywhere and maybe it is because it sounds a little bit too much like the Grease soundtrack on steroids. And I don't like the Grease soundtrack. I don't like Grease. Okay. Maybe that's what it is. But it's fucking... I, but, you as know, soon as I hear that... I'm, I'm in, man. That's the bit I fucking hate when it goes Calypso. <laughs> no. oh, man who likes Phil Collins slagging yeah. off bad saxophone. You've got some nerve coming on here. How what? <laughs> the man who wrote <laughs> Going Loco down in Acapulco. Yeah. yeah. Wow, mate. Right. That wasn't Phil Collins. It was Four Tops. That was written by Phil Collins. Yeah. And? There you go. He wrote, the, he wrote, he would have written the horn section. Yeah. And? Possibly. We don't know. We can't ever know, can we? Well, we could. I suppose yeah. we can look it up. But, uh, yeah. Well, and you know, that's one of his many, many crimes against the saxophone, Phil Collins. I... Mate, I love this song. I think it's fucking class. I I do what I will say if I have one bad thing to say about it is I do like the video. Meatloaf looks mm. like he's working at a, as a fucking barman at TGI Fridays though when he's got that fringe yeah, shirt yeah. on, and Cher looks amazing. Yeah. And you're like, mate, you are punching here. Why are you even looking at her? You're not. And she's like, oh, yeah. go on then. In the end, she's like, oh, yeah. you've been staring. The song basically goes, you've been you basically been staring at me in this bar for months. Yeah. Yeah. And all right, God, if we'll, if we'll shut you up, I'll well, have sex well, with you. Like what? Well, well, a, pity, a, a pity fuck. Yeah. That's a fucking Jesus. I mean, could there be any? Could Cher give Meatloaf any other kind of fuck than a pity fuck? <laughs> no. And that's no. my only problem with this entire thing. It, right. That's the only. That's the only. Your yeah. only little thing. That is okay. it. Everything else, I think, is okay. glorious. It's just it's just an absolutely brilliant rollicking rock and roll duet. I think it's brilliant. It is. Have you have you ever listened to the Dead Ringer album? It's not good. It's, no. it's a bad album. No, it's no. a bad album. It's a bad album. Um Yeah, a lot of that is kind of meat life stuff. It's 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 not it's not good. But there are a lot of good moments kind of scattered throughout. But I mean, how the fuck do you follow, you know, it's the impossible task. How the fuck do you follow an album like Bad Hell? Well, 
you know and then, and, and all those kind of stories in that interim period like where like meat like, like, meat like he lost his voice mm-hmm. he couldn't speak for months mm. and there's, there's you know that famous kind of rock and roll story that he drank his own piss <laughs> and it saved his voice no, I, didn't know, I didn't know that I didn't know that okay maybe I I'm, never knew maybe that I'm, maybe I'm imagining it no no I'm sure that's the thing I'm sure that's the thing wow um, and yeah that's Steinman ended up taking all the best songs and releasing a solo album yeah called Bad oh, what's it called Bad for Good yeah now this w- it's got the it's got the original version of Rock and Roll Dreams come through on it and all, all those songs were meant to be on the follow up to Bad Hell now on that album just for as an aside mentioning Creeper I watched well I went to 2000 Trees a few years ago I went back to my hotel room yeah. after one of the days of 2000 Trees and I came back in and I got back late and there was a documentary about Meatloaf on I watched the Meatloaf documentary and there was a bit about oh Jim Steinman made this album and it was a bloody disaster and I went back and the next day I saw Will from Creeper who were playing that night and they were going to cover uh, I think they are going to cover I'll do anything for what else they're going to cover a meatloaf song. I don't think they did in the end. They had been covering a meatloaf song. I don't think they did. And I said, oh, I watched a documentary about meatloaf. And apparently Jim Simon made this awful album. And Will from Creeper is one of the most placid, normal, nice, like cannot be phased or annoyed people you'll yeah. ever meet. But I'm he's the angriest I've ever seen him be ever is when I said, oh, that crap Jim Simon solo album, which I hadn't heard. I went, oh, apparently it's some crap Jim Simon solo, solo album. And he went mental. He was like, fucking, it's not crap. What are you fucking all about? Like, he loves it. He's... It's very, it's very good. There you go. It's very good. The only thing that lets it down is Steinman just doesn't have a strong enough voice to sing those sort of songs. Mm. Only Meatloaf can sing those sort of preposterous fucking widescreen rock and roll mm. epics, you know. Mm. But was, yeah, it's 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 not it's not a crap album. God no, the songs are fucking incredible on it. Okay, it's just it's just the wrong person singing them. But that was because he got bored waiting for Meatloaf to get his voice back. I do kind of Basically. remember. I think yeah. Well, yeah. anyway. I will park that meatloaf chat from another time, maybe Gaz, maybe a classic album. Cool. Yeah. One day um, when we do <laughs> do Dead Ringers <laughs> as a classic album, about uh, how yeah. to definitely. Uh, no, yeah, no, should be about how one, two, and three. Oh, the uh, holy. The monster is loose. Yeah, I think Trinity. It was called, so. Right. Yeah. Dead Ring for Love. I think it's a class song. And speaking of big epic rock and roll songs. Faith the More and the Booyah Tribe, Another Body Murdered. Oh. Could not have this. <laughs> I yeah. wanted to take something from the classic legendary Judgment Night soundtrack from 1993. What a unique, unusual, special time that was for those two genres of music that were doing such brilliantly unique things individually. Both hip-hop and rock and alternative music at that time were in such fine, creative fettle to sort of merge, find a load of artists that could merge together to create something arguably even more unique on their own was a really, really good idea. Such a shame that, much like Spawn a few years later, <laughs> the film it came along with was just a big load of old bum. Yeah. But shame. I think this was considered, or is considered, even if it wasn't officially properly released as an actual single i think it might have been released i know it was it, w- it might it was have been released a, single. a single right yeah it was a single yeah it was yeah so it's kind of like the lead single from the judgment night soundtrack and that's a good idea really because is it the best song on that soundtrack it's up there isn't it i mean it's clearly oh. clearly up there 
Oh yeah, it's it's up there. There's there's barely a Duff song on. Yeah, it's good that soundtrack. Um, so it's fucking amazing. Yeah, it's really good. Um, have you got it on vinyl? Uh, Bet you have. No, I've got a no, no. I've got a cassette. I've still got my original cassette of it. Have you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wonderful, oh. what lovely stuff. Yeah, so lovely stuff. You know, funny, really, isn't it? Because Booyah Tribe, uh, Faith, Faith No More, my probably like my second favorite band ever, and yeah. are a legendary rock band in their own right. And the Booyah Tribe are are not. I think it's fair to say, like, I mean, yeah. with all the respect for them in the world, right? The Booyah Tribe are a group who haven't really done anything that would be considered as classic as what Faith No More have done. But they kind of weirdly sort of dominate this song. Apparently Mike Patton requested them as well to work with. Yeah, he did, yeah. Mm. yeah. Which is fucking mental. Mm. I mean, I'd say there are a few things that mark out the Faith No More-isms of this. The piano, yeah. Roddy Bottom's piano that opens it up is, is yeah. amazing. And Mike Patton, who doesn't actually do loads, but what he does do... Yeah, but but what he does do, it, 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 that's the hook, isn't it? Oh. oh and the... Oh, yeah. I can't do that at the moment. Yeah. Gonna, we, gonna we, we were entering... We were entering kind of, yeah, the peak kind of screaming like a banshee era pattern. Yeah. We were, we were going from Angel Dust into King for a Day at this point. We were. And it was a... Apparently got to number 13 on the Irish chart as well. Got to number 26 yeah. on the UK singles chart as well. So that's two pretty yep. high things. Like, mate, like, you know, this is... Everything you've just said about the kind of cheesiness and over-the-top bombastic nature of meatloaf and share this is the opposite of that right the the the, oh, the gotcha. video is gritty it looks horrible it looks yep. nasty every single human being involved in this looks like they could pound your skull into into like <laughs> grind your bones for bread or whatever the fucking saying is but even, even roddy bottom who normally is the kind of the flamboyant kind of mm. um one in faith no more apparently he was like he was going through like heroin addiction at this time and even yeah, he looks was. like in on the piano he looks like somebody that you wouldn't want to fuck with yeah. like it's just yeah. it's got all the stuff man I, I absolutely love this song I do it's it's in the shouts for like the greatest kind of soundtrack album of all time mm-hmm. and it and in, and possibly one of the most influential albums of the 90s yeah unquestionably which is mad because it's just like, oh it's just the soundtrack to a, a a bum film as you quite rightly said it's awful mm. um, but the soundtrack d- probably did more to kickstart new metal than Rage Against the Machine did I think I think there's a quite a good argument that because when people talk well, t- so it took it to the kind of next level I guess I, I think when, when people talk about like the origins of new metal and they mention bands like Faith No More and they mention Rage Against the Machine and they mention Anthrax and Public Enemy and they mention Run DMC yeah. and Aerosmith and all that stuff I think that's all well and good but i don't think anyone really like you know rage obviously are they're a they're a they're heavy rock band with an mc yeah. right like with yeah. a really great mc but that isn't necessarily what new metal is i mean i don't think rage don't tune down in the same way as new no. metal tune down but when you exactly. think about all the artists that were on you know or a lot of the artists, helmet 
Faith. I mean, yeah. Faith, Faith No More probably weren't tuning down in the same way as New Metal was either. But that's well, more like their yeah, rhythm what, section, the, isn't what, it? What's the first thing you hear on Judgment Night on soundtrack? You hear Paige Hamilton's guitar go, yeah. da 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 yeah. da 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 yeah. You know, that kind of staccato kind of down-tuned riffing. Biohazard, I think even the therapy song. You know, you could think, yeah. like, you know, therapy and, yeah. and, and fatal, you could be like, um, yeah. that's really kind of very kind of down-tuned riffy for what they're doing at the time and, and mixed oh, yeah. with the sort of hip, or those hip-hop elements. Like, yeah, mate, there's, there's, there's a lot on it. I mean, there are a few that that aren't. I think Pearl Jam and um, uh, who did Pearl Jam do a song with? Hold on, what? Cypress Hill. It is Cypress Hill, isn't it? I love you, Mary Jane. Is it? Yeah. Um, and that's yeah. not the one I was thinking of. Actually, I was thinking uh, of the. Um, I like Freak Mama. So, so mix a lot of mud. Yeah, honey. so that's, mix a lot of mud fun. honey. Freak Mama. I always like that. Yeah. Uh, fall, Fallen's amazing. Like the. Uh, Fanny's oh, yeah. and uh, Della Soul yeah. so there are a few yeah, I mean like Living Colour and Run DMC me and myself and my yeah. microphone yeah there are a few here that I think you could go I mean Slayer and Ice-T I suppose is the, the one as well isn't it? Slayer and Ice-T Biohazard yeah. and Onyx Helmet House of Pain Faith and Morn and Booyah Tribe I think you look at that and you go like yeah that is yeah. a pretty good <laughs> shout as to what new metal would end up sounding yep. like in its all earliest the building, incarnation all the, yeah, yeah all the building blocks were there on this album mm. Yeah, you know, and then in a year's time you get the first corn album. Exactly. So, yeah. you know, you do the math, profit on that, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But whatever, man. Even if it didn't happen, even if nothing happens, good lord, yeah. good lord. I think yeah. another body murdered is just—it's such a weird song because <laughs> it's got that like so really weird. powerful like I got a body a body you got your body get murdered and then you've also got this like yeah. piano bit and then Patton just yeah. screaming and doing a, it's like yeah. creepy and gothy and heavy and very bouncy and propulsive and kind of aggro but also a bit like scary at the same time I, I love it oh I, I love this so much I haven't listened to this track in a while so thank you for that this is uh it's my yeah. pleasure, mate. I was, I've been I've been on a right old judgment night, judgment binge. Mm. Were you waiting for that? Were you? You've been waiting to do that for a while. I've been waiting. Yeah, I knew you were waiting. I've been waiting. Hey, what? What for you? Yeah, knew you were waiting. <laughs> oh, that snap hurt me up. Just singing a bit of yeah, Aretha. Yeah, so let's move on to my next choice. Nice. It is. Nice. Keep the energy levels up, mate. Aretha Franklin and George Michael knew you were waiting. Released on the twenty seventh of January, nineteen eighty seven. This is a hell of a collaboration. Just oh, on paper, when you God. look at it, two of the finest vocalists in the history of popular music. Full stop. And George Michael, not a massive star in the US at this point really not a massive solo star you know th- this was before Faith came out before he became you know he's big but like before he became a world legit superstar mm. he was asked to p- write a song which was potentially going to be used for Aretha Franklin and I think you know um that for him, I think, where's the, the quote that he said that he considered himself unnerved, uh, unworthy and it would be ludicrous for her to sing a song yeah. that he wrote. Um, and uh, yeah, like it's, 
the kind of the rest is history. This is a, a number one hit on both sides of the Atlantic. It was Aretha Franklin's sole UK number one single, which is mad. It's outrageous. That's mad, isn't you, it? You, you think of the stuff that she's sung. Yeah. You know, it's just it's fuck. crazy that she never had another UK this number one. This country. This country. You people. Um, <laughs> but yeah, mate, I mean, you, what, you, what are you saying? I mean, it's well, it's it's pure kind of Motown gospel soul pop put through like an eighties filter. It's so big, as all the best kind of eighties records were. It, you know, it's, it's kind of it, 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 it's it's bombastic and over top when it needs to be, but it's got genuine kind of craft and nuance, and it is one of the all time kind of eighties bangers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of my favourite George you know, George Michael songs, mm-hmm. bar none. I think it's absolutely superb. It's it's got that kind of um like sort of like what's the bit um it's it's, it's got a little bit of that kind of sort of Phil Spectre kind of thing you know the river was deep you know it reminds you you know the river deep mountain high kind of stuff and the way their voices blend as well it's just it's genius oh mate it's it's so super I almost wish that they'd done more loads more done a fucking album like the pair of them but uh, but in many ways it's actually even cooler that they only did this one this one track this one it's, 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 single it's so yeah it's so so perfect the video's great yeah I want to talk about the video it's 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 so 80s so 80s it's so 80s George George looks fucking just so incredible in the video well there's this. three things beyond the vocal performance and how great the song is in general yeah. that I want to talk about because this is obviously like you say just a a massive euphoric all time instantaneous classic perfect pop yeah, song man. but there are yeah. a couple of things here that I also want to pick out one is the guitar riff which you don't usually say yeah. about this, one. this has got a great kind of slow hand blues it's got a really really fucking great guitar riff the second thing there's a beat down i've said this before about a few eight there's a beat down in the middle of it no yeah we're waiting god like you know george michael could do a muir but could a muir do etc 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 and the third thing I want to say in it is, especially in regards to the video, there is the reason that I don't believe that anyone is 100% straight. And I do believe that. I do that believe that is the case. And the reason I believe that is because you could take the straightest man in the history yeah. of the world ever and he would suck George Michael's dick in that video. George Michael in that video... Is, Join the queue. is the sexiest thing in the <laughs> world, right? He is, he is. fucking unbelievable. <laughs> like, I don't know why I'm talking about, like, slagging off meatloaf one, but I don't want to turn this into, like, just talking about how people look throughout the whole thing, right? Yeah, like, yeah. How fucking fit is George Michael? It's unbelievable how fit George Michael is. He looks unbelievable. This this whole kind of period, the faith, the faith period, man. Mm. You see, any of the videos... Even the later kind of wham stuff, yeah. Uh, it's yeah. He's 
he was just such a wonderfully it's just just an absolute kind of perfect specimen like a god a like an actual yeah, just a, god a, a fucking adonis man an absolute fucking adonis and it's it's mad like Obviously, you know, earlier this year we we reviewed like the Wham documentary, and you see those pictures of little Georgie Porgia when he was this chunky little fucking child, yeah. and it's just like he just blossomed from that into this absolute fucking god, who was one of the most talented songwriters and, and singers I've ever heard. Yeah, we're no one will fucking we're you know. Look, I don't care who you are who's listening. I don't care who you're with. Yeah. I don't care. Don't what try to be cool, man. Do not try and be cool. It's not cool. It's not. It's actually not cool. It's not cool to to pretend that you wouldn't have sex with George Michael. It's not cool. It's not like one. You're lying, and two. If you weren't lying, I don't think that's cool. I don't think you're. I think you're a bit weird. I think it's weird. I think it's weirder to say that you don't fancy George Michael. Yeah, I think so. So what what is wrong with you? That would be really weird. (laughs) You fancy George Michael, all right? Whoever you are listening. You fancy George Michael. I'm sorry. Yeah. We all do. We're only human. Yeah. We're only human. We can't we can't stop the primal urges that ev- that live inside every <laughs> single human being and that yeah. is to just desire George Michael. Yeah. We all do. I mean, he I is think, I think I'm done with the sofa. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> Anyway, um, but yeah, what uh, I mean, like, dude, this song's fucking amazing. I probably, this is a good, it's an interesting one for me, actually, because, like, I think, as I said, when we did the Wham! documentary, like, the first single I ever picked with, not my money, but the first single that I ever, was a a Wham! single, right? And my mum's, pretty much my mum's favourite vocalist singer ever was Aretha Franklin. So this always sort of managed to sort of circumnavigate both of our, both like, my whole family's taste. I don't say that yeah, my dad yeah. wasn't really, my dad didn't like either of them really, but like, do you know what I mean? But yeah. it was something that I was always like, oh, I love George Michael. And I was like, oh, no, actually, I love Aretha Franklin. And then my, I think my mum would have been like, oh, I, I like that. She probably didn't like Wham as much, but was like, oh, well, I like that George Michael. Yeah. So, you know, it's, um, it's got all of that stuff going for it as well. And it's just a great song. Just a fucking great song. Um, you agree? Uh, you big George yeah. Michael fancy and fuck are you? And who you're waiting <laughs> is great. Right, I've got two more left. Yeah. I'll scoot through them. I've also gone for something something a little bit different here. Staring at the Rude Boys by Gallows and Lethal Bizzle. A kind of UK oh, wow. version of the Judgment Night soundtrack thing happening a decade and a bit later, coming out as one of the bonus tracks from Gallows' debut album, Orchestra of Wolves. But it did, yeah. did get released as a, a single um one best video at the Kerrang awards back in the day uh, don't know if you know that if you did uh yeah now you said it i yeah i do kind of remember that from uh from the time yeah. quite a weird video to win for i mean the first half is essentially just what the song is which is like a, a gallows song and it's a gallows yeah. gig and then in the second half it gets a bit old boy and lethal bizzle turns up <laughs> yeah. and everyone yeah. starts rucking and then they just have a big mosh pit and it's lovely stuff and i remember seeing that yeah. and i do remember thinking like this feels really fucking exciting because even yeah. quite soon after the era of new metal right which had really kind of had really destroyed the idea of that kind of genre cross-pollination that we were getting so excited yeah. about by the judgment night soundtrack um 
you know, the idea of like rap and rock had become really, really played out due to how bad new metal became in the kind of 2002, 2003. Well, I would say kind of 2000 to 2003 sort of era. It got really bad and people were like, oh, this is rubbish now. It's played out. It's done. It's crap. The reason it was crap, it was because a lot of people who didn't really care that much for metal and didn't really care that much for hip hop kind of trying to make a pretty bad amalgam of the two things. So when you scoot a few years down the line, Although that as an idea probably isn't very cool anymore, what is cool is sort of two variants of that. One being grime, one being hardcore punk. Those things haven't really been put together in this way yet. And those things are at that moment really exciting, really forward thinking, really fresh, really artistically interesting and creative. And and I think... Is it the best Gallo song? Particularly not on that album. No, I don't think it is. But I think it's a. No, I think no. this is an absolute banger. And I think when Bizzle turns up, he just fucking turbo <laughs> nitro charges yeah. it off into the stratosphere. And yeah. you know, it's a it's a great punk. It's a good punk song, which becomes a great crossover song. Yeah. What do you reckon, Gaz? You remember this coming out? Oh my god, yes. Um, I. The one and only time I saw Gallows was on the tour to promote this coming out. Mm. It was Bizzle opening, Pause in the Well, and Gallows. Oh, mate. Just fucking, yeah, like, that would, that would have been, I don't know what, spring, summer 2008 mm-hmm. at uh, the Junction in Cambridge, so like 700 cap venue. Um, it was still full on, kind of early, angry Frank. Yeah, smacking the shit out of himself with the mic, and it was just blood fucked just everywhere, you know. And just going, just getting in people's faces, just screaming. It's one of the most exciting kind of kinetic gigs where you you generally kind of felt that night that fuck, this is going to be huge, man. This is this is a movement. This is big. Yeah, you know, I've been waiting for a band like this, British bands, and um, it was. It was just incredibly kind of exciting, exciting kind of time. And, and this single seemed like a sort of celebration for that. Um, it's it, it's weird because like when you sent over your list, like I went back and listened to the original, um, I, I, which I've listened to in a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, the cover is it's it's so much better than the original. It's just it's just got more fucking oh just coiners to it, you know that. That bit, you know, all like the the gang vocals, which obviously, you know, is is part of, you know, the gallows oeuvre, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, that never surrender. It's just like, by the time it gets to that bit, I'm just, I'm just wanting to just destroy my fucking flat. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then the big Bizzle comes in. Yeah, the Bizzle, the lethal Bizzle was, he was fucking great, man. Him and Dizzy, man. And uh, what was his name? Why Was it Wiley? Yeah. Rolex. Mm-hmm. Well, you know. Those three, temper tea, mate. all round about temper tea. I always was at a big yeah, man. At that time, and it was, it was, it was wonderful. It was a wonderful kind of period of like, well, I still called it kind of UK hip hop at the time, but it was 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 it, you know it was like what I eventually realised was yeah, this, you know sort of grime and stuff, and it was just a wonderful, wonderful, exciting time for kind of British music and mashing up these two kind of insanely exciting 
yet also quite dangerous kind of genres of music, like British hardcore punk and British fucking, gr- you know, grime. And just putting them together, doing a cover. Um, it was the Ruts, it was wasn't it? Ruts, yeah. Yeah, the Ruts. You're doing a cover of, you know, a Ruts kind of punk classic. And it was fucking, it was seamless, man. And it just, it, I just remember, it's like, it, everyone I knew, what we were talking about, Echo Chamber, wasn't it? You know? yeah, oh yeah, yeah Gallows, Gallows are the biggest band in the country because everyone I know in Cambridge listens to fucking Orchestra of <laughs> Wolves. Therefore, the next album is going to be a number one. But I did genuinely think that. The first time I heard... Um, Great Britain. Yeah, Great Britain. I could try to think what the first single was off it. Uh, it's all with the orchestral kind of start about halfway through the album. Oh, come on, it's called anyway. I, can't, I don't even remember. Uh, Do you know what? I don't actually know what singles were released from that album. Yeah, there was only one. It was, it was, it was about halfway through the album. Anyway. About, I, like, you know, the other ten people in my echo chamber, we all went and bought fucking Great Britain on the day it came out. I remember getting 5Ks in Kerrang and stuff. And you know, the signs of a fucking major label... It was, it was, it was amazing. It, it, it probably still will be one of the last times where you get stories like that. Mm. Oh, what was I looking for? What, I, I, I'm staggered. I, I mean, I must have known this, but I've obviously forgotten it. But the Vulture Acts One and Two was the, the first Vulture, single because yeah. I was thinking, you know, was I, must, I was thinking it'd be Mad. London is a reason, yeah, or, it? Or, or misery, be, but, or do you know what yeah. I mean? But I, London is a reason should have been the first single, really. But yeah, yeah, it was the Vultures, yeah bizarre fucking choice for the first single but but I remember that getting played on Radio 1 yeah fucking the Vultures getting played daytime Radio 1 yeah what mad thinking that now and it, it was just yeah it, it was a wonderful wonderful kind of exciting time I generally thought that it was going to be it was going to get a lot bigger than it did mm. maybe I was caught up a, a, a lot in the hype I still I still adore Great Britain Great Britain is still my favourite Gallows album yeah me too out of, the, out of the two, I don't really count the others. Oh, the ones that came I, after they, that. They're, I mean, they're all, they're all they're right. Good. They're all right. I mean, I think the best thing any of them did kind of post like Frank leaving, um, uh, is it, oh, I can't remember his fucking name now. It's the bass player from Gallows. Is it Lags? Uh, no, it's Stu's uh, bass player. Stu, yeah. He had, he had another band in about 2013 called Spycatcher. Oh, yeah, I remember them. Who were fucking, they were really oh, that's good. Lags's, that's that's, uh, that's Lags' band. He's a guitarist. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw them, Spycatcher. Yeah, they were good. Yeah, yeah they're really good. Yeah. yeah, they were really good. They had a, they had a song called um, was it oh, Remember mate. Where You Were When Michael Jackson Died or yeah, something like that. That was, like that. That, was, that was great. It was a really, really fucking good album. Mm. Um, I just would be massively disappointed with Pure Love. Yeah, well, I'd, I'd say like well, I'd, Blossom I'd, by Frank Carlin and Eric Snapes, I think, uh, yeah. I think is, is excellent, excellent record. Yeah. I've not been yeah. that fussed by anything about it since. I thought the last album was... <sighs> Truly rotten, but um, uh, you know, yeah, Blossom was alright, but you know, to capture that sort of lightning in a bottle, I'm, I'm glad I was kind of the age I was when Orchestra of Wolves and Great Britain came out. It, it was just a wonderful, exciting kind of three, four year period. It was, it was, it life. was, it was amazing. It was, and when you think back, actually, it's funny because I found an old copy of Metal Hammer from about 2006. 2007 and Gallows opened for I believe it was Bullet for My Valentine with a headliner at Hammersmith Apollo <laughs> with wow a beneath not beneath um uh not I, I want to say beneath the remains obviously that's not a band who am I thinking of still remains um still remains Skindred and then Gallows going on first wow which is 
<laughs> even like a year after Orchestra of Wolves had come out. Yeah. Fucking crazy. You would go, because like you say, we all were like, oh, they're massive. Like it's happening. Yeah, they're going to be huge. Yeah. Yeah. And they were still the opening band on a four band bill at a yeah. sort of 5,000 capacity venue, which is yeah. decent enough, I suppose. But yeah, you know, but st- it's not like, yeah, it's crazy. I think that we, yeah, we all thought like, when you think, when you go back and look at the, the positions that Gallows were playing on festival bills around the UK. Yep. Third stage at Sonosphere, very, very early on the second stage at Sonosphere. I think like yeah. fourth headline of the tent, the fourth stage tent download. Like they never, they never once, not once did they get a big, like particularly with Frank, they didn't get a big outdoor. I don't think they ever got a big outdoor oh, festival oh, slot. I, I thought they did it. Ready? Um, uh, no, nah, Sonosphere, I think. Because Sonosphere was, was, was like Frank's last it gig. It was, yeah. So their last the gig stage, with Frank. But that was the second yeah. stage, yeah. Which is, you oh, know, second stage. it's sort of the others. Yeah. You know, they're two main stages, essentially, yeah. aren't they? But like, yeah. it's the second of yeah. the two. And they were like the second band on as well. They were on at midday. Really? Yeah. Wow. They were. I'm going to get that. I'm going to, I'm going to, just for posterity, Gaz, just so I know yeah. that I'm not making stuff. We've, we've kind of rattled through. What, so, what year would that have been? 2010? I reckon 11, I reckon that would have been. Or t- nah. 2012. 2012. No, no, because well, Great Britain came out in 2009 and, and Frank right. was gone within a year. I swear he was. It's 2012. That was um, that was when Pure Love came out. I, was, I saw him I saw him at a pub in Cambridge. You're right. You're right, actually. You are right. I've got the poster here and okay. it says, if it ever fucking loads, it says <laughs> that Gallows played on the Saturday. <laughs> yeah. The Mars Vault are all-time low. Some 41, Kids in Glass Houses, Gallows, Richard Cheese and Lounge Against the Machine. That was the Saturn stage on the Saturday. Wow. 2011. <clears throat> that's, quite a, that's quite a decent lineup, though, to be fair. Is it? Apart from Richard Cheese. Boy, the rest of them. Is it? We, yeah. No, it isn't. Mars Vault are Kids Mars in Glass Vault Houses. Dreadful that day. Dreadful. Oh, really? Just, I remember uh. they just fucking faffed around and Cedric pulled the the thing off of a camera and just danced around the load all time lower crap oh, absolutely yeah, fucking okay. crap yeah, so, like some 41 in 2011 I, that is not no. exciting to me at all no. I'm not having kids in glass houses I know you like them oh I love I'm not them, having yeah. that oh, yeah no, fair. and Richard fair. Richard Cheese and Lounge Against the Machine Richard Cheese yeah no. but the thing is I, I shouldn't you know I, I really shouldn't like kids in glass houses but for some reason out of all that plethora of fucking dog shit pop punk that was getting rammed down our throat in whenever it was 2006 or something yeah. they were the ones that I was just like actually they're really fucking good I don't know why I, God knows why but they've you know I got very very excited when but with their reunion news. I know you did. It was weird. I truly um, did. But I mean, the Chill main stage as well. Man. Biffy Clyro, Weezer, Yumi at Six, Bad Religion, Cavalera Conspiracy, Architects and Silosis. I mean, Yumi at Six are standing out like a sore thumb. You know what? That's the year that I did stand up at Sonosphere and I was on during Yumi at Six and not only was I on during <laughs> Yumi at Six, it also pissed it yeah. down with rain as well. So I had a massive it's crowd. Massive, massive crowd. crowd. Hey. It was cracking. It was cracking stuff. It's actually good a really times. good lineup. this. I, I mean, look, we can go through festival lineups on a, 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 a on a different podcast. But yeah, man, mm. Gallows are brilliant. That song's brilliant. 
Lethal Bizzle was great. And, yeah. you know, like him turning up and just not taking any shit for anyone at download remains a, a great download memory for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't there, yeah. unfortunately, but like, I think it's cool that he did that. So there you go, staring at the Rude Boys. Right, last one. This might surprise a, <laughs> might surprise a few people. Shit. Might surprise a few we've people. Got, we've got to be nice about it. We haven't got to be. Kylie Minogue and, go on, you're all yeah. thinking I'm going to say Jason Donovan. No, Robbie Williams. Oh, Boo. Kids. Boo. Released on the 9th of October 2000, <laughs> the second single from Robbie's Sing When You Win an Album, and the third single from Light Years by Kylie. The one thing about this song that really shocked me, that really, really shocked me, was that it only, in the year 2000, Robbie Williams and Kylie Minogue, yeah. it only got to number two on the UK singles yeah. chart. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't the lead single off either of their albums. That's why. Well, maybe, but whatever. Co- what, was, what, what, what was the least single off Sing When You're Winning? Uh, I've absolutely no idea, mate. I, oh, we, 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 oh, of course, of course it fucking Rock DJ, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, Rock DJ. Do you know what? I quite like Rock DJ now. Oh, I love Rock DJ. I, I, well, we're going to talk about the, the kind of how this choice yeah. got in because of the documentary. And that when Rock DJ came in the, in Rob Williams' documentary, I was like, oh, shit, that is yeah. actually really good, that song. Awesome. Oh, Banger on it. It's a banger. <coughs> um, Absolute banger. I mean, talk about the video first before we get into it as well. It is yeah. the slinkiest, shiniest, 2000s poppiest <laughs> pop video you can imagine. And for me, Robbie yeah. Williams, decent looking fella, but this is Meatloaf and Cher all over again. You're punching. Yeah. You're punching, getting highly, aren't and you? Yeah, and then some. Especially this. This is like peak era Kylie. This is can't get it out of my head era Kylie. Yeah. This is like. Is there anyone more kind of stunningly beautiful on this planet? Yeah, she. Uh, Who, she who's not George Michael? <laughs> yeah, um, uh, well, George Michael at that point uh, was probably not quite the George Michael of nineteen seventy. No, he, he still he, looked good. No, he? He, he discovered he discovered pies and weed. By yeah, yeah, don't he? Bless him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Give it like cocaine. But Robbie, a, a perfectly serviceable. I mean, this is when I look at Robbie Williams and I go. You're a chancer. You're an absolute chancer. You're a perfect. He always, he always, he always was a fucking chancer. He would have been no one without Guy Chambers. Yeah, like we all fucking, we all fucking know this. Totally decent looking geezer. Totally perfectly fine voice. Fair bit of charisma. Capable of coming up with some good melodies and some all right lyrics for some songs yeah nonsensical some nonsensical words, i mean but but fuck it they their melodies get stuck in your head they do that. i mean that. look j- just makes you think this song that the people slag him off a rude box but robbie williams was being bad at rap for a long time before that so you know yeah, yeah. he was a bad rapper yeah, yeah. a long time before rude box came along yep. but i do think this is a very very good pop song a really kind of cool, slinky, snazzy, OTT, tongue-in-cheek, finger-waggy, like pop song. It, it really is. And, mm. I mean, I, I like the ACDC reference from Kylie. Do you like that? Do you, do you, do you get that? Refresh my memory. She says, memory. She says in it, um, yeah. I'm trying to remember what uh, what he says to her in it um he goes dun, 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 dun. and then she goes i've been black i've been 
I've been penning tunes since oh, back br- in black. Tunes since back in black. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, yeah, I've been dropping beats since black yeah. in black. And I was like, yeah. oh, yeah, good, yeah, because yeah. you're Australian. Hey, hey, Australian. And, uh, hey, he, he gets it. I like it. But, yeah, um, but it's yeah. it's good. It is, it is actually genuinely, like, annoyingly. I spent so long in my life fucking hating Robbie Williams I hated it I, when, I, when I was 19 20 yeah. the kind of I'd say from Angels to Live 8 which is quite a long time right yeah that is about eight, eight years about eight years like yeah. <laughs> he was my least favourite musical artist I fucking hated him we got to when, when that's, that's- that's, that's ironic, mate, because that's when he was releasing by far his best stuff. Well, exactly, yeah. Wow. <laughs> by far. Yeah, exactly. And, and yeah, it yeah. definitely was. And I was like, I fucking hate this guy. He is an arrogant dickhead. He's talentless. He's a chancer. He's rubbish. He's not good. And then he gets to Live 8, and I think that was the pinnacle for me, when people were going, oh, who's better, Robbie or Pink Floyd? And it's like, oh, my fucking God. Oh, really? my God. Are we really going to have this conversation? Who was who was even having those conversations? I remember what, seeing, fucking, like... What, f- let me guess, fucking Fern Cotton and Reggie Yates. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was. Dickheads like that. Yeah, it was, oh, it was you know, like, voting the, the Daily Mirror, who your favourite person at Live 8 was, and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, when they were comparing him to Freddie Mercury and all this sort of stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, God. No, oh, yeah. no. Did no. he come out? And, did he come out and do "We Will Rock You" yeah, or something? He did. It was just like no. I I think yeah. At that point, I was like no, no. I'm not having this. I'm no. Yeah. No. Get back in your box. It, no. it, it was too much, and obviously, yeah. I think like most things, time has been fairly kind to Robbie Williams. And annoyingly, I do remember back in the day, really wanting to hate this song and quite liking it. There weren't any others from the time that I actually liked. I didn't like Rock DJ. I didn't like Angels. I didn't like uh, Millennium. I didn't, Millennium. I, didn't no, I didn't like any of those no. songs. I just... Strong. No. Strong was good. Oh, but No Regrets? Come on, that's got a fucking Neil Tennant singing. I know, but no, I didn't no like... Is, no Regrets is a, is a fucking It probably song. is now, yeah. You're probably it saying is it great. is now. It's great. Uh, yeah, it is really but good. But I didn't. I just... I really, really, really hated all of them. And then he just sort of... Mm. After that, he just sort of... I mean, he didn't go away, but he just... He wasn't the biggest thing in the world anymore because I guess like Rude Box happened mm. and it was a bit of a yeah. flop and everyone was like ah ha 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 and like you know that is a bad song don't get me wrong that is a bad song but I think him going yeah. away and I've been watching the documentary about him this week I don't know if you watch that on Netflix mm. no I'm, I'm actually I am going to watch it I, you know I, I think it's something that needs to be kind of watched and then we can maybe have a bit more of a chat about it next week yeah okay I think it's I think, you know I've I've read a lot of things about it online. I Good think, things. Yeah, I think it's something. Well, no. no, no. Just saying, he's just a just a miserable bit of cunt. Well, yeah. Really. Look, I mean, and I think if you're going to have a documentary, yeah, lying there in his pants on his bed. Yeah, I, I yeah. think the setup for it is really. I will say this about it. I think there's a couple of things. I think the setup is very odd. I think the setup of making a documentary where the subject of your documentary is the only person talking in your documentary because if you go to some of those like netflix ones like we did the wham one there's loads of different people on that yeah. i watched the beckham yeah. one recently and you know you've got mm. alex ferguson and 
Gary Neville and everybody from Lee Sharp. You got Lee Sharp. Not Lee Sharp, unfortunately. It was a... uh, Gary Pallister. No, Gary Pallister. No, Bruce. <laughs> what? Steve Bruce was in it. Cantona. You know all the all the main ones. Steve Bruce and Cantona. All the main ones. Steve... All the main <laughs> and um, Brian McLaren. <laughs> and uh, mate, don't fucking say anything about Brian McLaren. He's a bloody good player. Brian McLaren was fucking legend. Player. He was. Is he? See, 90s football, I can talk to you about. Good, I'm glad. (laughs) Yeah. But the Beckett, so you had all that. And then, you know, you you, you had the Arnie one and Stallone was in it. And you had all all the, you know, Luferino and people out in it as well. And you just go, okay, yeah. So they're talking about their life, but you're also getting these other perspectives from people. Whereas you don't get that with the Robert Williams one because he's just watching videos of himself in bed in his his pants and looking at himself and being a bit like, oh, I was really unhappy there. Oh, I was really unhappy. Oh, yeah, I didn't like this. Oh, I was really unhappy. And it gets to like 10 minutes before the end of the first, the the second episode. And he's he's gone, oh, this, he goes on holiday and he's like, this is the first time I've been happy. And you're like, oh, fucking finally. You've sold about 12 million albums. And I get it, right? Because <laughs> yeah. actually, the stuff that he says about being depressed and having low self-esteem and being an alcoholic and, you know, having all of these kind of issues with depression and stuff, like you do suddenly go like, oh, actually, you know, I probably didn't take that into account when back in the day when I just saw him on, you know, CD UK and he was, you know, gurning and being mm. sarcastic and not really, you know, <sighs> and being like, I'm better than everyone else and all that sort of thing. And, you just, I just took it completely at face value. But now, when you look and you go, like, he was 16, he got chucked in to take that, and then yeah. he's suddenly a superstar, he couldn't go anywhere, and people had already written him off as a person by the age of 21. And that must have been really, yeah. really difficult. And so, weirdly, yeah. although I don't think it's a great documentary, it did actually give me much more empathy towards Robbie Williams. Thusly, I have come in this week with an olive branch to be <laughs> like, kids is an absolute fucking banger. It is. Yeah. It is as well, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Oh, it's, 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 it's mad when you go through kind of Robbie's kind of single, single releases, you know, from the very start, really. Well, you know, I, I don't really include that God awful cover of freedom, That's but that, yeah. like, I mean, his, his first like proper single was Oh, Before I Die, mm-hmm. which is great. You know, it's co-written with fucking Desmond Child. Yeah, I remember quite liking that. At the you time, know, actually. He, you know, he, yeah. Hence why it has a key change in it, because every good Desmond Child song has to have a key change. Uh, you know, you got Lazy Days, which I really liked. Um, it's south of the border. No, it's all right. But then obviously, you know, Angels comes out, and like, you know, it's mad that you know, like Angels was like the fourth single released off his debut album, and the album it was a fucking flop, man. It mm-hmm. done nothing, and then Angels come out. It, if he didn't, you know, if he'd never written that song with Guy Chambers, you know, we wouldn't even be talking about Robbie now. No. He, unfortunately, he'd probably be, he would have probably died at the end of the 90s. It's just, and he would have just been classed as pathetic, alcoholic, fucking junkie or whatever, who died in a pool of his own vomit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah, mate. I mean, there's a lot again. That the documentary but, does but, touch on that quite heavily. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sure. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm quite, I'm. You know, I'm interested to sort of, you know, watch a bit of it. Um, I've just got up, I've just got up on my telly now. I might watch an episode after this. Um, but then, you know, the run after that, it, it was just every song was like kind of custom made for radio, and it, it sounded great on radio. It sounded great in clubs. I'm, you know, I remember being in a club and hearing a rock DJ getting played, and I was like, this sounds fucking amazing. It's loud in a sweaty nightclub. It sounds brilliant. Um, you know, let me entertain you and stuff like that. Regardless of what you think of of them, you know, whether the box a, a lot of them are fucking box A. A lot of I them are, like, yeah. do not want do not want to hear them. But I will never deny that 
there's a reason they're in box A because they got so over fucking played because they're such fucking amazingly written pop songs. Mm. You know, um, are they? You know, are any of them anywhere anywhere near as as good as Clementine? No. <laughs> well, mate, do you know what? I mean, I thought you might have said something else then, but I was going to pick up with. I think one of the things that really comes across in that documentary, and I think one of the things that I think people have pointed at Robbie Williams about for a long time is that he wants to be George Michael. He wants to be thought of as Elton John. He wants to yeah, be thought yeah, yeah, of yeah. as that. And I think that, you know, like you, you look at Elton John and George Michael and you go, traumatic personal lives, but they were geniuses, yeah. but they are geniuses, yeah. right? And, yeah. you know, and I think unfortunately, Robbie's had a traumatic, a traumatic personal life. I'm not sure you can genuinely say that, with the exception of like a song here or there, that he has a similar standard of back catalogs. I mean, I'm looking at his singles. Oh. I'm looking at his list of singles here, and like, what's amazing to me is Angels peaked at number four. Number four, yeah, I think, yeah, but it hung around. Do you, do you for know? Like do you know what? What, weeks. what number? Rude Box peaked at like let, let's call that the fucking the the oh, different end root box got to number, f- number two number four as well the same oh, position four as yeah. well and it's mad because right. old before i die and yeah, freedom both got to number two yeah. angels number four like and then you do go down that's a strong i gotta say that is a pretty strong run yeah uh, post angels i would say that is that, yeah, that is, is a pretty is. strong run yeah up Millennium, until no regrets strong i'd say up um, until up until this single that we're talking about now i would say yeah. you get a run of like one two three four five six seven eight nine nine singles on the trot yeah and yeah. then you go into the kind of you know swing when you're winning stuff which is i'm not really that interested and then you know no, feel and come so. undone and stuff like that. Uh, feel feel was alright. Feel was alright. Uh, something beautiful was alright. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that was like the period where he was he was playing Nebworth. Mm. Big then, wasn't he? Uh, it got it got too it got too big. It got too fucking big, which is why I think it, the the dag the daggers have been out for him for so fucking long. Yeah. And I, I think the worst thing he ever did. I'm sure he's admitted it in the past. He might even admit it in the documentary. The worst thing he ever did was split up the songwriting partnership with Guy Chambers because it was just a license to fucking print money. It was a fucking like he 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 dumped Guy Chambers and I think he he started writing songs with um what's his name Stephen Tintin Duffy. I haven't got to that, but I've in where I where I've got uh, to this okay, documentary. Right. We'll pick this up next week. Is that he's just split okay. up with Guy Chambers as a songwriting partner, right? And uh, yeah. no spoilers, but. I mean, you might think it's the worst thing that he ever did. He he doesn't he doesn't think that. Of course, yeah. <laughs> but we've I mean, God, we've already talked about Kylie. Kylie's good, isn't she? Oh, Kylie's fucking love brilliant. Kylie. It's great. Anyway, there you go. Kids by Kylie and Robbie. What can what, what can you say about? <coughs> we all know it's fucking common knowledge, isn't it? Kylie's fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, she's good. Yeah. That new album, I still listen to it now. I think it's great. It's, it's in with a definite shout of getting in my top 20 of the year. No spoilers from me. No. But anyway, uh, there you go. Right. <sighs> I summoned the power and energy uh, to ha- get through. Ha- how are you? Are you okay? I'm all right, but I am going to have You've a like... You've done all right. You've lasted an hour and a half. I am going to go right. like... I've got a real like... I've got a real... Uh, I think I'm I think I'm, I think I'm going to be sick in the next 20 minutes. That's my Brilliant. that's my 
my I was gonna say my projection. That's my prediction to what's gonna happen. Because I do, I do. Feel, your, your, your projection is what we're gonna yeah. be doing that in about twenty minutes. I, I do feel, I feel quite nauseous. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, this is no fun for you listening. You don't even know me personally unless you do. And you don't care, really. You just want me to talk to you about music, and that's fine. I, 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 I think that. just talking about Robbie for 15 minutes has made you nauseous, to be honest. <laughs> no, like yeah, I'm like, no, it's fine. Um, yeah. I've thawed a lot on Robbie. Anyway, we'll be back next week. Yeah. If you are a patron, patreon.com forward slash true pop, if you'd like to become one. As I said, probably come the end of the weekend, we'll try and get both of those yeah, specials up straight away. But yes. Mate, when you're, when you're ready to go. I'm ready to go, apart from Saturday evening, obviously. Symposium in A. Symposium in A, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Cheeky monkeys. I'm hoping to go to that, but I'm not going to push myself, to be honest. So I'm, I'm hoping I'm hoping you, you are as well, mate. Yeah, I'd like that. I'd like that a lot. Uh, yeah. Anyway, we'll see you next week. And I hope mm. you have a nice week. And it's been better than my week. <laughs> see you later, guys. <laughs> Love you, bye. Bye.